So join me in our declaration. I am covered by and submitted to the blood of Jesus. Now let's review where we've been in the last several weeks in a, in a series we've entitled Receiving God's Love. 1 John 4 verse 18, the very beginning of that verse says this, there's no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. We know very well that the world we live in is plagued with fear. People are stressed out, anxious, worried, Sad, lonely, isolated, and fear is trying to consume their lives. But guess what, church? We have the answer. We have the remedy. We have the truth. And we have the solution that this world needs. Just as we've got finished praying over this city, now God wants to use every one of us to release his love into the hearts of those who are broken and hurting and needing the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we have the, the answer. It's perfect love. Oh, I'm not saying you're perfect. He's perfect. And his perfect love resides in your heart. Therefore, you have the potential and probability of being able to share the perfect love of God with those around you. What a great invitation to join with the almighty God today and show his love to everyone that he puts in our path. John 3.16, probably the most quoted Bible verse of all time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God's love is unconditional. It's sacrificial. God's love is merciful. In God, we don't get what we deserve. The wages of sin is death, but Jesus took death on our behalf. Amen? We are in a good place today because Jesus Christ came to the earth, redeemed mankind from the curse of sin and death, and brought to us eternal life. And that eternal life is empowering. God's love is empowering to us. It's not a future reality. It's right now. Could you say now? now. The kingdom of heaven is here by the Spirit of God. When Jesus was taken before Pilate, Right before all the crucifixion took place, he said, are you a king? And Jesus said, it is true what you just said. I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this realm. He's not an earthly king. He's a heavenly king. And then he taught his disciples. We understand his kingship is in the realm of the spirit, in the heavenlies. And he taught his disciples, pray this way, that my kingdom would come on the earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus' desire was that his kingship would not only be in heaven, but it would come to the earth. And in his kingdom, there's perfect love. In his kingdom, there's perfect peace. In his kingdom, there's righteousness, peace and joy through the Holy Spirit. In his kingdom, there is everything we need, as First Peter says, in, for life and godliness. You're not lacking anything today because you're in the kingdom. You may feel like you're lacking something, but the reality is God wants to open your eyes that the kingdom of heaven can come to the earth in your life. Where is the kingdom? Now on the earth, the Bible says, it's in your midst. It's in your heart. 
The kingdom of heaven is in the heart of every believer in Jesus Christ. King Jesus sits on the throne of my spirit man, and now I have the ability to walk in full agreement with everything that's going on in heaven. Do you remember Matthew 16 where he said, you have given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you release on the earth will be released. Whatever you forbid on the earth will be forbidden. He said, if you'll come into agreement with heaven, what's going on in heaven can be loosed on the earth through your voice and through your life. Whatever is forbidden in heaven can be forbidden on the earth through your voice and through your life. So when you run into bitterness, anger, and unforgiveness, just bind it, forbid it, and send it away. Because in heaven, it's forbidden to be in bitterness, unforgiveness, even unkindness. If you run into a disease today, just bind it up, cast it out, because you've been given the keys to the kingdom. But if we don't understand that we are perfectly loved, if we don't understand that God is good, if we've been deceived by the lies of the enemy and the patterns of things that go on in this world, we will not understand all of the abundant goodness and resource of heaven has been given to us. Most Christians live unaware of the massive resource of heaven that's available to them. And I just want to tell you a good message today. God is here, God is good, and all that belongs to him belongs to you, believer in Christ. God so loved the world that he chose you. Say, God chose, God chose. me. <laughs> oh, isn't that good? I mean, this is God Almighty. And he picked you, you should feel special, important, appreciated and loved today because God picked you. God loves you. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what sins you've committed. They are all forgiven. You're all free in the name of Jesus. You're loved and accepted. But let's get back to a little bit of what we're facing. We're facing a world that's full of anxiety Stress, worry, anger, even hate and rage abounds. Our world is full of fear. But believer in Christ, you don't have to be afraid. Because perfect love that lives in you has the ability to cast out fear. Are you interested? Well, you're in the right place. I think all of us are aware that the Bible says God is love. God loves everyone. God loves us. But knowing about something and experiencing that is totally different, very different. Would you agree? So how do we go from knowing about God's love to experiencing his love? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've got a whole message today that's going to help you step right on in to the love of the Father. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you a message today from Hebrews chapter 12. And it's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, it says this, For those whom the Lord, Jesus, God, the Father, those he loves, say it with me, he disciplines. 
And you're thinking, I thought we were talking about love. Discipline makes people tighten up a little bit. No, 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 no. If it makes you tighten up, you misunderstood my father. My father would never harm you. Our father is always good. If he brings discipline or correction or even a better way for maybe us to understand so we don't get pensive today, boundaries. God brings boundaries to your life that help keep you on the narrow path and the Bible promises that on the narrow way there is abundant life. Not death and destruction. The enemy comes to kill, to steal and destroy. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life. As I'm up here preaching, I always see this center aisle. I go, whoo, that's the narrow way, baby, and I'm going to walk this way. Why? Because here is life. Here is blessing. Here is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Here's where the goodness of God intersects the kingdom of this earth and overtakes me. If you're listening to me and you're saying discipline doesn't sound like love, then you've never met my father. And I introduce you to him today. His name is Jehovah. He's the ancient of days. He's the almighty God. He's the protector of mankind. He's the deliverer from sin. He is the one who came to heal. He's the one who loves more than anybody could ever love. His name is Jesus. And he wants a relationship with you right now. If you've never met my father, then I want to introduce you to him today. Proverbs 3 verse 11 says this, my son, my son or daughter, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Pay attention right here. This is very important to understand our father. For whom the Lord, our father, loves, he reproves. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Did you know in the book of Psalm, chapter 16, it says that at the right hand of the Father is pleasure forever. And it just said right here that the Father corrects the Son in whom he delights. Did you know you're delightful to God? Did you know God wants to keep you on the narrow way? So if he corrects you, if he disciplines you, if he reels you in, so to speak, and says, oh, son, daughter, turn back over here. I'm going to put you in time out so you can think about your choices. Because I don't want you being destroyed because it says the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone whom he can devour. He doesn't have permission to devour you unless you give him permission. But God knows the enemy wants to devour you, so he said, let me put you over here in a place of discipline to let you think about your choices. So God can have a chance to convince you by his goodness, by his grace, by his love, by his Father's heart, that you need to come right back over here to the narrow path that leads to life. Discipline is not a bad word. Discipline is for destiny. Would you repeat after me? I have a destiny in the kingdom of God. 
Some of you may not have known that. I remember the first time I heard a message where the message was this, you have destiny in the kingdom of God. And I went, I do? Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, and they kept on preaching. By the end of it, it's like, I do have destiny in the kingdom of God. I'm not sure what that is, but I know I got one. God grabbed a hold of me when I was in college and told me, hey, your plan for your destiny is not my plan for your destiny. I knew exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up. I had it all planned out. I had even told God, when I become a millionaire, I'll be a big generous giver. I was Christian, man. I wanted to do good. But I had a plan that didn't come into agreement. When he grabbed a hold of me and told me what he wanted me to do, then I found what his destiny for me is. I just want to ask you today, have you discovered your personal destiny in the kingdom of God? Because if you don't understand what your destiny is, you won't appreciate the discipline that keeps you on the path to your destiny. Am I making sense? But if you know and have heard from God what your destiny in the kingdom is, you will thank him for his discipline that keeps you on the right path. Because we need to understand we're all children of God. And so therefore, we need our Father to discipline us. Any of you have children? Any of you raised any kids? Maybe got some grandkids? The grandparents are probably saying, oh, I'm praying that those parents would discipline little Johnny, little Susie, because they need to straighten up. They need to behave. And sometimes we think discipline is about our behavior. Not really. Discipline's about your destiny. Or are there certain behaviors that help you come into agreement with your destiny? Of course. But it's not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. See, when my heart changes, I run to the Father and invite him to bring discipline to my life. I don't run away and say, I don't like your boundaries. And that hurts the Father's heart. It's called grieving the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is trying to get you on the right path because he knows right there is where your maximum potential is fulfilled, where you feel better about yourself, where you know who you are. I want to let you understand something today. The enemy of our soul has come to try to rob from us our destiny in the kingdom of God. Do you know the number one way I believe the enemy has attacked our culture to try to rob people of their God-given destiny? Anybody want to know? He's tried to take father out of the family. Now, I could quote all kinds of statistics to you. You already know them. When father's not present, drug addiction goes up. Abuse goes up. Bad behavior flourishes. When father is present, all those statistics go down. That's just natural things. Listen, I'm not against mothers. If mother's not there, everything goes to hell. And I mean that. I mean, I'm not against mama. Mamas are just faithful to do their job. Thank God for mom. What we need is a revival of fatherhood in America. See, true discipline that comes from the heart of the father is out of love, not anger. 
It's not mean-spirited. It's not abusive. True discipline propels us forward into our destiny. Woo. Let me say that again. True discipline propels us forward into our destiny. I want to fulfill my purpose in God. Don't you? Then let the Father discipline you. You go, no, 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 no. He's perfect. See, there's probably some in here who have had abusive fathers, absent fathers. I want to ask you by the grace of God to let them off the hook and return them to God. Just say, God, I forgive my father, and I just let him come into your care, and now I come under the perfect father. See, we need to let go of our past and our hurt, and if you're having a problem with that today, we're going to have a prayer time right here just for you to help release those who have wounded you. Authority figures, coaches, teachers, uh, a teacher, I mean, anybody who's been in your life who's, who's been abusive, they probably didn't mean to, but it had a negative effect on you. Listen, there's grace to forgive today, to release, to bless. You don't have to spend time with those abusive people, but for your good, you need to forgive them. And God will give you the ability to do that. You may need some help. So if that's all you can hear, in about 10 minutes, you're going to have a chance to receive prayer. Now, the rest of us who are like, okay, okay, I'm, I've already dealt with my father issues, and, and I'm good, I'm ready. Well, then here you go. True discipline sets boundaries that helps us succeed. Psalm 16, verse 6. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely, I have a delightful inheritance Look at those words. Most of us don't like boundaries. We think when we graduate high school, we've taken all the boundaries off, and now I'm going to do my thing. I've been under this oppression called parenthood long enough. Now I'm going to live my life. And then you have your own kids, and you go, oh, oh, I need to set some boundaries on these kids, or they're going to run us crazy. Good father sets boundaries in your life. And when you come to know him, you can agree with the psalmist and say, the boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places. You know what you gotta do to to come to that? You gotta stop comparing with your neighbor. You gotta start saying, well, they got this and I didn't get that and I guess God loves them more than me. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. God loves us equally. He's the only one who can love everyone exactly the same. And I thank him for that. He knows exactly what you need when you need it. And he has promised by his name to provide for your every need. He is not a man that he would lie. He'll take care of you. Just because your friend got a new truck and you didn't, let it go, brother. Let it go. You know the best lesson I've learned in regard to that? Learn to celebrate the success of others. My friend got a promotion. Thank you, Jesus. I love you and praise you for giving my friend a promotion. Instead of... Don't you, God, don't you know how messed up he is? He don't deserve that. And then the Holy Spirit, through the Father's love, gently says, sit down on your bed. 
and go into timeout for a minute and let me remind you, you don't deserve anything, son. And neither does he. But I reign on the just and the unjust, and I, the Lord who gives is the Lord who takes away, and blessed be the name of the Lord. It is not my job to figure out what you, you need. It's my job to be thankful for what I have. Man, this is a good message today. We all know that children thrive in environments where they have clear boundaries. Got any educators in the room? You understand that when you have clear boundaries and parameters, rules, whatever you want to call them, the kids do better. You know, because they know they're safe inside the boundaries, so they're free to grow, free to experience, and they know where to stop and where to start. They know where the boundaries lie. See, where there's no set boundaries, children tend to be fearful and tentative and kind of shrink back and not know what they can and can't do. If you know what I'm talking about, you do. If not, just trust me. The same is true for adults. You're like, no, 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 I'm grown. I don't need all those boundaries. Yes, you do, because remember this. Whether you're nine years old or 90 years old, you're still a child of God. And children need boundaries. So I need boundaries. And God has set those boundary lines in pleasant places. Think about it. The world we live in has embraced a boundaryless life. And here's how it is expressed in common language. Do whatever's right in your own eyes. Do whatever feels good to you, and that's what's right for you. Totally ignoring the moral code set forth in the scripture and the words of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's called a boundaryless life, and we can see where it's gotten us now, a world gripped with irrational fear. The true church is rising. And I want to tell you today, the true disciples of Jesus Christ are the only people on this planet right now who are not afraid. Why? because they've embraced the discipline of the Father and the boundaries that God has set in their life. Because I know where my boundaries are. I know my Father says, you're blessed, you're healed, you're delivered, you're safe, you're provided for, then I'm not afraid of what the newsman tells me on the TV. I'm not worried about who wins the election. I'm praying for righteousness to prevail. I'm not worried about any of that because I know where my father has set my boundaries and I will be blessed no matter what happens all around me. I am blessed. I'm provided for, I'm delivered from evil, and I will walk securely. And wherever my foot treads according to the word of God in Joshua, I'll take that land and I'll claim it for the kingdom of God. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about no wimpy Jesus. Mm. To fully receive God's love, to fully receive the Father's love, we have to follow his directions. 
We have to follow his instructions. We have to follow his correction. You may be thinking, well, how, how do we find out his directions, his instructions, his correction? I'm so glad you asked. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture, say all scripture, is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man, means man or woman, of God may be adequate, say adequate, equipped, say equipped, for every good work. How do you know what God's instructions are for your life? Crack open the word, brother. To fully follow God's instructions for our lives, we've got to trust him. I want you to know today that God is trustworthy. He has a perfect track record in my life. How about yours? He has never failed me. He's always good to me. And therein lies the rub. Some of us have a hard time when somebody says, God is always good. You go, well, you don't know my story then. Well, brother, I don't know your story. Sister, I'm not sure where you've been, but I know God is good. And whatever has tried to tell you that my God is not good is the lie and the deception of the enemy. And if you could step into where I am and where we are as a body of Christ, your eyes would clear up, your ears would open, and you would see and say with your own mouth, God is good. He's trustworthy. He's never failed and he never will. When we let ourselves sit in the seat of king of our own life, then we distort the circumstances and do not understand what the real king is trying to do. Then why do so many people have such a hard time trusting God? Because I can feel it even now in this place. That people are saying, I'm not sure if I can fully trust him. Oh, you can tell me your story, pastor, but I didn't have the life you had. I agree. Let me tell you what I think. Why do so many people have such a hard time trusting God? Because you've never truly met him. Because people who've never really experienced his love don't understand that he is good. Now when you meet Jesus like I have, I don't know if this is going to help you or not. But it's like you run into a wall of liquid love. <laughs> and you just, whoo, oh. It's like diving into the deep end of the swimming pool. All of a sudden, gravity's different. The scenery's different. I feel like I could lift a thousand pounds under here. You know, ever experienced that? You know, we pray for people and they kind of get woozy. They kind of lose it. It's like, it's like they, boom, and they just fall over or something. 
we try to get them there a chair. It's just they're too fast. Why does that happen? Because they just ran into liquid love, baby. I can do things underwater I can't ever do out here. (laughs) Oh, you don't know what I'm saying, but I know what I'm saying. You never met him if you still don't trust him. Because once you dive into that, there ain't no going back. You might have had an intellectual experience with him. And I'll give you this much, a lot of people in the church, yes, you really, really, really met him. One day, 25, 30, 50 years ago, but if you don't have a daily, intimate, personal encounter with him, you easily forget who he is. Just climb up on the diving board, church. Get up way up high. And jump into the deep end. He go, what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> but it's good, man. I'm just swimming in it right now. You could meet this God I'm talking about right here. Right now. You know what they said on the day of Pentecost when the fire hit them and the tongues of fire and the wind and rushing around, they run outside speaking in tongues, and everybody goes, are they drunk? He says, yes, but not as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning, he said. It's only 1221. Pastor Brad ain't drunk as you suppose. But he'd been drinking since early this morning. Drinking in the Holy Spirit so that all the religious people don't accuse me of being a drunk. Amen. Okay. Jesus is here. He's available. He wants to meet you today. Are you willing to just say, here I am, Lord. Meet me. I need you, God. My heart doesn't trust. I become hard. I become jaded. Pain and agony of life are hurting me, but oh God, I know that you can meet me in this place. I want you to meet me here. Hebrews 12 verse 11, I'm going back to the passage in Hebrews, says this, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Could I get an amen? Amen. My children would say that. No discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest. Would you say harvest? Of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. Listen to the New Century Version. Very easy to understand. We do not enjoy being disciplined. And everybody said amen. It is painful at the time, but later, after we've learned from it, we have Peace. Why? Because we start living the right way. Right choices create peaceful situations. One of my mentors used to say this. 
Are you feeling down? Are you feeling depressed? Just make one right choice. Just make one right choice. Well, I don't know what the right choice is. Let me help you. Whoever you're, un- you're bitter at today, forgive them. Just make one right choice. So well, I don't want to forgive them. Well, just choose to forgive them. I forgive the abuser in my life. I forgive the absent father who was not there when I needed him. I forgive whoever hurt me. And that is a discipline. Do you understand now? It's a boundary. Christians forgive. Even when they don't feel like it. Even when it hurts, I forgive. Now, you don't have to go play with abusive people anymore. You can stay away from them. But for your sake and for your destiny, let them off the hook. Discipline is for destiny. Could you say that with me? Discipline is for destiny. True discipline is from a heart of love. It's never to hurt. It's not mean-spirited. It's not abusive. True discipline propels us forward into our destiny. God really does know what's best. He wants you to live a life of peace and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to live this chaos, chaotic chaos-filled, irrational, fear-filled world that's around us. God doesn't want you to live in that. He wants you to live in the kingdom of God right here, right now. But you've got to believe it's possible. Hebrews 12, verse 6 again says this, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Proverbs 3, 11, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Would you stand with me? I want to pray over you today. I want to pray over you the delight that is in the father's heart for you. Would you just close your eyes, open your hands, and receive this blessing? God, as I reach my hands out toward all the people who are here in this place and all those who are receiving this online, we just declare over them that they, each one, are delightful to the Father in heaven. Oh, Lord, let the reality of the truth of who we are, chosen, blessed, forgiven, empowered, anointed, equipped, adequate, accepted in the beloved. Oh, Lord, let these truths, let them fall down like rain upon every open heart, every open hand, that people could receive the truth that we are a delight to the Father in heaven. 